0: following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies.
1: Welcome back listeners, this is TGIC podcast episode 21. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Today we'll be covering another case recommended by Fan Katniss. Thank you for your great case recommendations, Katniss. So remember, if you want to recommend a case, go to the sub page under the contact information tab on our website and fill out the linked form. We love and appreciate all of your recommendations. Anyway, so today we will be talking about our second disappearance of a Kristen. Like, kind of weird. That others. is super weird. We didn't even mean to do that. I honestly didn't realize until I was like too far into the case. But <laughs> we will be talking about the mysterious disappearance of Kristen Medefri. So let's get started with some background. Kristen Medefri was born on June 1st, in, of 1979, in Danbury, Connecticut. You know what Danbury always reminds me of? What? Ferb, you know they, they, they lived in Danville. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I always, like, when I hear Danbury, Connecticut, I think of Danville, like, where Phineas and Ferb lived.
0: I think of, like, Cadbury, like, Cadbury eggs.
1: (laughs) My brother loves those. I've never eaten one, actually. They kind of look nasty. They do kind of look gross. Like, I don't know. They just kind of give me weird vibes. (laughs) Anyway, so she was born in Danbury, Connecticut, and her parents are Debbie and Bob Medefere. Her mom was a teacher, and her dad was an electrical engineer. She also had two sisters. She moved to Charlotte, North Carolina at a pretty young age and just grew up there. It doesn't really say how old she was when she moved there, but it basically says she grew up there, so that pretty much implies, like, you know, very young elementary school age. Yeah. Super smart. She skipped a grade in elementary school. She had straight A's, and she had a near-perfect score on her SATs.
0: I'm all- so jealous of that.
1: <laughs> she like- was also awarded a Park Scholarship. Shoot, why can't I say words today? OK. She was <laughs> awarded a Park Scholarship, which covered all four years of college tuition. And I think that That's was like a-
0: insane.
1: Yeah, I think it was a special state scholarship like I don't know exactly if how that works, but like you know how Georgia has like the Hope Scholarship, I think it was like that for North Carolina. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay, so she was attending and had just completed her freshman year at North Carolina State University at the time of her disappearance. She was in stu- she was studying industrial design. Uh, she was super passionate about art and did a lot of painting and photography. So actually when she disappeared, she was in California attending a summer photography program at the University of California at Berkeley um Kristen had to convince her parents like a ton to go here which that's totally understandable i mean like going across the country for a summer program kind of sounds awesome but i would have to convince my parents forever
0: yeah especially since she was only around like 18 or 19 at the time
1: mm-hmm. so they were really concerned about her being so far away and alone but you know Kristen just really wanted to prove how responsible and independent she could be which like i totally get like That sounds just like a really good opportunity and like I could, I don't know, I just, I could really, I really. Yeah, and I mean, especially if she was so passionate about art and she really
0: wanted to pursue it when she was older, like that's such an important thing.
1: Mm -hmm. So her parents did finally agree to let her go and leading up to her disappearance, they thought she was just flourishing in California. She called them like all the time. She said how great everything was. She had this great job. She found a place to live. So everything just seemed really great. So Izzy, you want
0: to get into the timeline? Yeah, so June 23rd of 1997 was the day that she disappeared. So the afternoon of June 23rd, Kristen had gone off of her final shift at Spinelli's, which was a coffee shop that she was working at in the Crocker Galleria Mall. And she, yeah, it is a total tongue twister. <laughs> and she actually had left work at about 3 p.m. And prior to leaving, she had told some of her co-workers that she was planning on attending a party at Baker Beach. And about 45 minutes after she left her work, her coworkers workers claimed that they saw Kristen with a blonde woman in the mall. And I mean, this has never been proven, and the blonde woman has never been identified. Mysterious. And, which is, yeah, really mysterious. <laughs> and at some point in the afternoon, she was also seen by security footage withdrawing money from a bank that, and that was the last time that she's ever been seen.
1: So So, why what's with like crime cases and they're like always lasting in a bank? Like if they really could have been anywhere else, it's just like banks have security footage.
0: Exactly. I mean, I when you think about that, if like it's so hard to think about if I went missing, where would the last place I would seen like would have been seen be? You know what I mean? Like probably Starbucks. Yeah, yours would definitely
1: be Starbucks. I don't (laughs) know where mine would be. Probably like, yeah, I have no idea. That would be such, like, a fun, like, activity to, like, pick where we'd be last seen before going missing. It that's would. Kind of that dark. is but, like, really dark. Think about it, like, places you are often. I don't know. Yeah. I never really thought about it. Like, there's a ton of places I could probably go missing. I could probably go missing walking to school, but probably not. Exactly. I mean,
0: that's one of those things. I mean, I've never, I've only heard of, like, a few crime
1: cases where a kid has gone missing going to school, but I feel like that's... that's going missing? like on a bus. Like, you know, yes. like little kid, they always go missing like at a bus stop or something. Exactly. Or when they're riding their bikes. Or you could just be like Hiron Horman and just literally
0: disappear from the elementary school. True. OK, so speaking of disappearing, June 24th of 1997 was a day that Kristen didn't show. So when Kristen failed to attend her first photography class at UC Berkeley, was like, that was super weird because she had already paid a $925 fee for the summer. So it was just really weird. And then also, she hadn't shown up to work to collect a $400 paycheck for like the week or months prior.
1: $400 is quite a lot. I'm gonna go work at a coffee house. Yeah. Place.
0: Exactly. Like, that's probably a majority tips too, if you and think like, about especially it.
1: Especially that was like the 90s. Like, you could only think that like it's gotten more sense.
0: Yeah. And on June 23rd, her roommates noted that she hadn't returned home the night prior. However, they never reported her missing, and they failed to alert her parents or others that she had been absent. And June 26th, which is a few days later, Kristen's father called the house that she had been living in and left a voicemail that asked why she hadn't why he hadn't heard from her in a few days. And one of her four male roommates, like oh a gosh, new girl she situation. Was like living new girl. Literally, yeah. Well Wait, they that's return- so cool. Yeah, I know, right? And, that I mean,
1: awesome.
0: yeah, but they returned the call and said that they hadn't seen Kristen in three days. What? Yeah, three days. I mean, if your roommate doesn't come home for three days, de- you need to tell someone, like, ASAP.
1: Okay, but, like, also, she was kind of new to the air. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem that weird. Like, maybe they just weren't close or something. But, like, I'd like to think that if Jess went missing a new girl, they would have all been, like, on it in, like, a day or less. Exactly. And
0: um, June 27th was just the day after this. Kristen's parents were worried sick, and they chose to fly to San Francisco in order to, like, report their daughter missing, which they did. And they reported it to the Oakland Police Department. And they stalled the investigation until Monday, June 30th, due to the fact that she was not a
1: quote-unquote high-risk case. Okay, that's so annoying because, like, what does qualify you for being a high-risk case? You're missing. That's high-risk. Exactly. For multiple
0: days, you're new to the area. It's not like you have somewhere to go. She missed a bunch of classes that she had already paid for. She hadn't picked up her paycheck. Like it all that seems high risk
1: to me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's very obvious signs of someone's a runaway. And I guess runaway would not be considered high risk. But like still like, yeah, I don't know. And but I she's think still a teenager just because she's an adult doesn't make her like not like a teenager.
0: And if anything, she was just barely shy of it being, like, a quote-unquote teenager. Like, she was, was she 18 or 19? 18. She was 18. Like, I think that's, she should still be qualified as a teenager at that point. Actually,
1: she may have just turned 19. Wait, trying to do the math. I think she, no, maybe she just turned 18.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Just turned 18.
0: But her parents had also come in order to help with search efforts if they were necessary later in the process. And June 30th, 1997 was finally when the police started investigating, and they started by using bloodhounds to attempt to trace Kristen's scent from Spinelli's. And they actually got a trace that led them to a bus stop that was outside of the Galleria. However, the scent stopped right there. And I mean, this... Yeah, isn't that really weird? And this led like, police to believe that she had gotten onto the bus to go somewhere. However, I mean that like that somewhere is unknown. She could have literally <laughs> been just going home.
1: Yeah, like that's not like one of those things. It's not like it led to some random mass car, like the bus. Like she didn't have a car in California. That was probably her way of transportation. It's not that strange.
0: Yeah, exactly. And okay, this is kind of weird. I was thinking about this part, like when I was researching, but the motor fair Madoffries? what is it? I think um I've been saying it Madoffries. Okay Madoffries pulled a newspaper out of the garbage can (laughs) at the Galleria and a personal ad had been circled.
1: Okay wait hold on I'm gonna have to like step through this. Okay so her parents found a newspaper in a trash can. How did they do that?
0: yeah i don't even know how they pulled it they just like decided to pull it out and an ad had been circled
1: and the ad Wait, read hold on. I, i'm still i'm still gonna need to process the fact that they're around running trash can and pulled out something that had like a thing circled on it you ever see that episode of jesse where they like i'm trying to remember this episode they were on that like news thing and then like emma got kicked off of it and then she like found something in the trash it was like. Someone, fake, like, planted, like, a fake news story, but it was literally, like, labeled. Like, this seems like one of those things. I'm here with the Disney Channel references today.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, I feel like we referenced it, like, Jesse or a Disney Channel show in every single episode.
1: You know, that's what we're here for. No one else does it.
0: Yeah. So, the ad read FRIENDS, in all caps. <laughs> Female seeking friends to share activities who enjoy music, photography, working out, walks, coffee, or simply the beach. Exploring the Bay Area. Interested? Call me.
1: Why would you ever put out one of those ads? I don't know. That just seems really desperate. But that would I mean, bother me. Also, I would never want. To, <laughs> this is really bad. I would never want to be friends with someone who like put one out. Like that seems desperate. Yeah, it's and kind of I sad. mean. It,
0: It is really sad. And police believe that the ad could have been placed by Kristen in order to find like, either a significant other or just more friends in her new city, or they believe that she could have been responding to it.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that is really weird. And I mean, many speculate that the ad could have been either from the blonde woman or the blonde woman could have been responding to it when her and Kristen met in the mall.
1: Weird okay yeah I, I could kind of follow that it's a little it's a little like um i don't know what, how you just like very loosely connected i guess yeah I
0: exactly know. especially since the ad couldn't have been traced to either kristen or the blonde woman it's fact-
1: never been like confirmed as a person
0: yeah like that isn't even yeah exactly and i mean they couldn't have uh, like the newspaper apparently dumps all of their records after a week which i find to be super dumb but anyway, um, so they literally couldn't have told the police who placed the ad.
1: Weird. Okay, so I'm gonna yeah. get into some suspects for this case a little bit now. We, I mean, the timeline was kind of like I don't know, short and abrupt, but like there wasn't too much going on. Like that's it. Yeah. I noticed that with this case, like they seem to actually have a lot of like investigation stuff, which we've been missing out on a lot lately. But like their timeline was a little strange, like very just choppy. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly so our first suspect is the unidentified blonde so this is the woman that we were just talking about she was seen talking to on the at the mall on the day that she disappeared and so her existence is like not even confirmed so this is probably a totally false lead but and like she's not even necessarily a suspect just more of a person of interest because if she was seen talking to Kristen, she would have been like the last person or the last person seen yeah right before she went missing so it's actually suspected, like Izzy was saying, that she was the one who had responded to that personal ad, if that was the case, or maybe she was the one who put it out and Kristen had responded. It's kind of suspected that that's how they met. And so you could totally blow that those are like loosely connected, and like this could have just been a passing interaction, or this interaction could have never even happened. But I think it's important to note that the witness who saw them talking said that they seemed like good friends because they were standing like really close together and it like they were talking a lot like it didn't seem like one of those like brief conversations with a stranger like oh I like your pants oh I like your shoes like not like that like it seemed like they were friends
0: that's so weird because I mean I just feel like it's so weird that they this woman has never come forward or they've never even like identified her you know what I mean
1: No, so that's that's the thing I always find weird when they have like unidentified witnesses or persons of interest. Like, unless you're actually guilty of something, like what's stopping you from like stepping out and just saying, oh yeah, I was briefly friends with Kristen, this is what I know and that's it.
0: Exactly, like if she came forward or if she's even a real person, like you could probably get so much information from her, like where Kristen was going or, you know what
1: I mean? So that's why I have to think that she's either, like, super guilty of something, or she's just not real. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this witness was just really dying to be involved in the case.
0: Or maybe they just didn't see Kristen and they saw, like, a girl with brown hair talking to another blonde woman.
1: You know what I mean? Like, it literally could have been anything. It could have yeah. been someone she worked with and, like, they just didn't connect the dots. Or, like, maybe yeah. she ha- Strawberry blonde hair, so the police were like, "Oh, it's a redhead, not a blonde." And then I don't know. People can totally interpret things. Like I feel like you could say oh, I'm blonde, but you could also say I have like more light brown hair. It's arguable. Yeah, exactly. So another suspect we have here is this guy named John Anuma. I'm actually not quite sure if that's how you say that, so I'm just gonna go with it. John Anuma. So I really don't know where to start with the snap job. So I'm going to start with our own like little mini timeline. So on June 10th of 1997, which is, I don't know, how many, how many days after her disappearance was that? Oh. It's, bef- it's, it's before. It's somehow before. Wait. I think it, it might have been July 10th. Oh, uh, sorry. I totally must have not write- written that down. Okay, so on July 10th of 1997, a phone call came in to ABC, and it is this guy calling to put in a tip saying that two lesbians had kidnapped and killed Kristen <laughs> and then dumped her body under a bridge in Marin because of a love triangle. What?
0: <laughs>
1: yes. First off, how would he know that there were two lesbians? Like. I don't know. The love triangle, is he? It's a made-up love triangle.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Okay. <laughs> so they, like, track this guy down, and it's this guy, John Anuma, and he just, like, straight-up denies making the call, but then he eventually admits to it. What? And it was, like, kind of investigated because I guess they didn't have a lot of leads at the time, and two women who I, su- I don't... I suppose they were the ones who were connected to be, like, these lesbians, but I don't really know, like... I don't know how they found these two women, but apparently they said that John was just mad at them because they fired his girlfriend because they all worked together or something.
0: Oh my god, that's
1: so petty. <laughs> what the hell? So then John like admits this cause they like, you know, figured him out, and then he admits that he just learned about the case on TV and decided it'd be fun to like, you know, get his revenge on them through this. What? It was just like a totally weird incident. And so the police wanted to like investigate John further as a person of interest because, you know, his tip could have been a cover up or he could have known something. I don't know. It's weird. And so then these three women just come out saying that he had abused and tortured them. And he also had this MO of luring women by responding to their personal ads like the one that Kristen had put out. Oh, my God. Like, basically, like, catfishing them, like, seeing these ads and then saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm a teenage girl, too, and I love coffee. I don't, like, like, that kind of thing. That's so creepy. Yeah, and so one of his victims, this is, like, the cherry on the freaking creepy cupcake, because one of his victims had also said that he had threatened to do the same thing to her as he had done to Kristen. What? So, like, I don't know what this guy's deal is. But the police were on to him, too. So they did this search of John's girlfriend's apartment. I don't know why they searched her apartment, not his. Maybe he, like, lived there mainly or something. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he just didn't have, like, a permanent residence, I guess. Yeah. So they found her diary, and many pages were ripped out during the time surrounding Kristen's (gasps) disappearance. It said that John had ripped them out and claimed that they could be incriminating. Oh my, what, how is this guy not in jail? Yeah, I, what, I don't know. But apparently he took a polygraph test. He was just like, no, I don't know, this is like not me. So I'll I'll tell you the truth. So he took this polygraph test and apparently he passed. But like, you know, in my personal opinion and like anyone else's personal opinion, polygraphs are so unreliable. Literally. Like, if you are like a master manipulator, which clearly this guy is based on like what he's done to other people, like, he could totally know how to fake out a polygraph.
0: Exactly. Or if you're a sociopath or psychopath and you don't, like, experience normal emotions, you could totally fake it.
1: Totally. So this, I guess, because he passed, encouraged the police to let him go, and there's just been no other updates for the suspect. Like, he's
0: been... Basically- That's so irritating. I feel like they have so... Like, they have enough circumstantial evidence to take him to trial.
1: They honestly do, and, like... Not that, like, I'm saying, like, I just, I feel like that's how, like, this is enough. I don't know what the problem is. And, like, there there's not really much of a connection to Kristen, I guess, but I guess they have the MO thing that kind of matches. Like, I don't know why there was no more investigation. Like, after the polygraph, it was just like, oh, well, next, maybe next time we'll try another suspect.
0: Yeah, that's really weird. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Robert Durst. And, I mean, We see this in a lot of cases. So he's a serial killer who was in the area at the time. And I mean, honestly, that's his only connection to Kristen. And I mean, okay, we see this so many times where people will connect serial killers or like serial rapists to cases just because they're there at the same time or whatever, or they're like kind of have the same MO. But I mean, honestly, he's like a super unlikely suspect because he's only ever killed people that he knew, which were his wife, friend, and neighbor. And it doesn't appear that he knew Kristen in any way.
1: Yeah. So it's it's all you like you can tell, like, it's very not common for like a killer to start with like killing people that he was very close with. Like it said, like it was like his best friend, his wife and neighbor he was good friends with. Like you don't start killing those people and then just all of a sudden pick some teenage girl to go kill.
0: Exactly. Like, a lot of people say that your crimes can get more violent as you become more, I guess, like, skilled as a serial killer, but I don't think he would change. It seems like his MO is people that he's close with or connected with, so yeah, you're totally right. Why would he target some random girl he doesn't know yeah it
1: doesn't make a whole lot of sense especially just because you could never like like you couldn't even say that they had like some sort of like brief passing relationship where he would like come into the coffee shop and talk to her like there's none of that so it's just completely unlikely Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna we broke up the theories a little bit today so we're gonna start with the original investigation theories. so these were like the highest probability theories i guess when they were first investigating this case so, the first one would be a planned disappearance. So, this is just always a possibility with missing persons cases. I mean, it always is. Like,
0: mm-hmm. just,
1: I don't know. Like, they always consider it, like, especially when they're not children. Which, yeah. despite being, like, freshly 18, she wasn't technically a kid. So, they, like, investigate it. And they also had picked up her sent at a bus station, which I guess could indicate that she was trying to go somewhere. But this also could just be a sign that she's going back to her apartment or that beach party. Like, all things that are, like, not very uncommon and make a lot of sense. Like, I don't think the bus is too much of a, like, indicator of her wanting to leave.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's not like she was get- going to, like, one of those big bus stations, like, like, a Greyhound or something to, like, cross state lines. Like, she was taking, like, a local bus. hmm So, also, this is, like, this is just a totally ruled-out theory because she had not picked up that $400 paycheck that from her work for the past, like, weeks or months or whatever. And, like, why would she leave without the money? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's, like, runaway 101. You you want the $400 paycheck. Exactly. And also her, like, summer program, which she was so excited for and, like, had to convince her parents to go on, had already been paid for. Why would she go through all that work to get in, to convince her parents, to have her, like, parents or her pay for it? Like, why? And then just leave. That doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah, none of that makes any sense. And I mean, I guess you associate this theory with a lot of cases that are like no body, no leads cases. So you don't really have a lot of evidence. It could, I guess, it is a lot. I guess it's kind of easy for people to just up and vanish nowadays. I mean, yeah, not so much now, but in the '90s, where not a lot of people had like mobile phones and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I it's know. a lot. E- it was a lot easier. Like there was no social media. There was no like tracking on your phone. Like. I don't know. It was a lot easier to leave things behind, I guess.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get into the abducted theory, which again is another one of those short, just always kind of there theories with cases like this. But the yeah, theory is basically theory
1: makes like a lot of sense, though, because it does. Know, stranger kidnapper.
0: True. And I mean, the theory is basically that a stranger kidnapped her sometime after leaving work, and maybe when she was on the bus or on her way to the party or back to her house. And, I mean, she was either held captive, or been held captive, or she was murdered. And, I mean, this is likely, but also unlikely, if that makes sense, because no evidence has ever been found to
1: corroborate
0: that she'd been abducted or murdered by a stranger, but there's also nothing to disprove it.
1: Yeah, well, that's how I always feel. I always feel like if you can't substantiate, like, another theory, that it's pretty likely that it was a stranger. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It just kind of makes a lot of sense. Like, with the personal ad, like, we're talking about that guy, like, that she didn't know. Like, John, what's his face? He would have totally fit the bill for a stranger kidnapping. Exactly. And I mean... So could anyone else.
0: And especially, have you heard about that thing that's, like, if you're someone who's new to a, like, city or new to a town and you just... You're often targeted more off like you're often targeted by murderers or serial killers because you look so disoriented, almost. You know what I mean? Like you look like you're
1: you're in the the area you could like offer help. It's a lot like easier to intercept their path. Exactly. Okay, so another theory we have is that she was injured and then became really disoriented and just lost her way. So this theory kind of begins with she was injured in some kind of accident that affected her memory. Probably not a car accident of any kind, but like, I mean, I don't know, could have really been anything. Like, she could have just bonked her head. (laughs) Um, And so because of this disorientation, she wandered away or someone took her in a heightened state of vulnerability. So basically, this is the Patricia Mahin theory. So- Teresha Machine, if you're not familiar, this was the case that we did for episode 14, so if you have not listened to that, like, totally go listen, because, I mean, it's, her case is, like, one of the few ones that is, like, we have that's not very true crimey, but kind of just, like, mysterious and strange and, like.
0: Yeah, and interesting.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of interesting that there's this little theory in this case that's kind of connected just like hers is. So that's basically what it is, the Patricia McKean theory. She was injured, she got disoriented, and then she basically, like, I don't know, wandered off into the distance because she couldn't remember or she couldn't remember and someone just took advantage of that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so this theory is kind of in a different category than, like, the original theories. I came up with this one, like, 10 minutes not 10 minutes ago, like 45 minutes ago, but it's basically the roommate theory. And I mean, I totally made this up, but, and I've never really heard it anywhere else, but all the evidence has me thinking that maybe it's probable. So starting off, Kristen had four male roommates, which is not a problem. And it seemed kind of like a new girl situation. And I mean, that's totally fine to have four male roommates. Maybe they, I just don't think they're very close
1: yeah, it kinda sounds like she was just there for a short amount of time and they had a room available.
0: Yeah. And recent evidence has me thinking that maybe it's a possibility that something had happened to Kristen in the house. Could be an accident or purposeful, and her roommates tried to cover it up by making her like quote unquote disappear. Okay. Um So, the first thing I have to support this is that she had, like what I said earlier, she'd been missing for three days and her roommates hadn't told anyone because they assumed this is what they said. They basically assumed that she had met some guy and she had just been staying with him.
1: Okay. Okay. Like, I don't know. I like, I am in no way like trying to like defend these guys because I don't know what their deal is. But like, they don't know her that well, she totally could have met a guy and was just staying there, and like if they don't know her, that means that they don't really know her parents, so they're not gonna like call her parents. They probably don't even know how to get in touch with her parents, and like they're not gonna call the police because it doesn't seem like a big problem, and like they're these guys in their like late teens, early twenties they're probably not very smart. Izzy I mean true, but I just how could no alarm bells have been going off in
0: their heads? Except, like, they only warned someone of her absence when her father called, wondering where the hell she'd been. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there was also more hard evidence found in 2015 that I believe totally supports this theory. And I'm going to get into that a little bit right now. So, in 2015, an independent church search had been conducted of the house that Kristen had been staying in. And during the search, they decided to use a cadaver dog. And the cadaver dog that they had used had a quote-unquote world-class reputation, and it had actually yes, he was a famous puppy, a famous little cadaver dog puppy. So that's like so cute. Okay, anyway, they it had alerted the authorities of the presence of human remains in the basement, and I mean that's kind of bad. That's I feel like you can't. Disprove that anyway, but I mean, Paul Dosty. Ignore that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Paul Dosty or Dosti, who owned the dog and was a previous police sergeant, urged police to re-interview Kristen's roommates at the time and to remove the concrete slab to check for remains. Okay. And the police honestly kind of just like brushed this guy off. They were like, "Okay, um, that's not our investigation, so it doesn't really matter." And in 2017, which is two years later, a further chemical scan had been conducted in this property and the property next door, and it alerted the authorities that this crime scene had been messy, what? like messy. They, apparently they got blood from like, they could tell that it had been all over the basement and like p- and part of the next door and someone had tried and like wiped it up.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah, and that there had also been a presence of human decomposition, and they actually got some decomposing, like, DNA matter that they could use. And these traces were tested against the Modiferis, and they were a freaking match.
1: So it's Kristen's.
0: Yeah, they were a partial match, which means that it's, like, very, very likely Kristen's blood.
1: Because it does and- make sense to be, like, her
0: sister's blood, and that would really be the only choice. Exactly. And when all of this information was shared with the police department from these private in- investigators and all of these like chemical analysis specialists, the police department claimed that they had to do their own investigation, which would be, quote unquote, straightforward. However, There has not been any developments provided by police in the past few years and no formal interrogations
1: were done of her roommates, which I think is BS. Seriously, because you know what, even if they're not like guilty or even if they don't want to consider them as suspects, why don't you interview them and just see if anyone weird had come over to the house? Exactly. And I mean, especially because they found her blood and, mev- and evidence
0: of a quote-unquote messy crime scene in the basement of the house she had been living in. Like, why did they not take these guys ser- more seriously? Like, their names haven't even been released to the public. I just don't... And they haven't even attempted to, dis- like, disprove this theory. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And honestly, like, them, like, just being re-interviewed, I feel like all this evidence doesn't even necessarily imply that it was them. Like, she could have met some stranger, creepy guy who, like... They went back to their house, and then he killed her in the basement. Like, that is a possibility, and actually, like, that happens. Like Exactly. Or someone could have broken in. Yeah, exactly. There's so many probabilities. Like, why not just re-interview the roommates? And I mean, like,
0: just the fact that it was so messy that they even found blood, like, next door. Like, yeah, is insane. Know. Super yeah. star
1: okay so that was kind of all of our like suspects and theories for this case but i wanted to share because this case also has a bit of true crime history similar to our amber alert episode and our episode about the case of johnny gosh so kristen's act is a law that provided additional support for missing persons over the age of 17. so in her case because she was 18 there was a lack of support and resources because she was a legal adult And in many cases that involve adults, they're labeled low-risk case, which usually stalls investigation efforts. So like we were saying, like they stalled the investigation for a few days because she was considered not a high-risk case, which is kind of BS. So this act worked to heavily fund the National Center for Missing Adults, but unfortunately this law was only funded from 2000 to 2005, so it's no longer federally funded, but it has continued to some extent through volunteer efforts.
0: I feel like that's so important like that's something that should be supported more and there should be more donations going towards that because I feel like in so many cases their cases involving adults aren't taken seriously yeah and I know. they could like, have been solved I mean, so much faster
1: and you have to think about anyway like, anytime someone is kidnapped it's kidnapped like they're already prioritizing kids over adults
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: like i understand that kids are most likely like taken against their will but like adults can be just like the same like i don't know why those cases are just not taken as seriously like they're they're just as much of a big deal i totally agree anyway this was the unsolved case of kristen modefere tune in next week for another mysterious case and make sure to share your thoughts with us on our blog or our instagram at tgic.podcast bye
0: leave the lights on is a true crime podcast with a paranormal twist join creator eliza and her co-host as they explore terrifying true stories and chilling crimes Growing up, Eliza had an odd obsession with the darkest desires of humanity, and an insatiable curiosity about the afterlife. Now, each week, Eliza brings you tales that will make you want to lock your doors, hide in your room, and of course, leave the lights on. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.